People pay money to see me in a 20 by 20 ring. Welcome everybody to another edition, not just any edition, but the 75th edition of the 20 by 20 Ring Crew. I'm your co-host Joe, I'm here with my brother Matt. What's up Matt? What's going on? Happy birthday sir. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> Matt here is the Dirty 30, you only do it once, unless you are unless you believe in karma. I believe in karma, I'll come back <laughs> at some point, I don't know what yeah. it is, but uh, I'll be back. My 20s are over. Your 20s are over? It's okay. It's okay. I come from the future. <laughs> and I'm here to let you know your life isn't over. 40 is the new 20, by the way. So technically... Well, see, growing up, like I was like, man, if I could just reach 30, that's good enough. <laughs> and I'm at 30, and it's like... kind of regret saying that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't feel 40. Most days I don't feel 40. I feel, I feel younger than 40, so... Cool. I count myself lucky. Uh, I don't know about the Viking Raiders here. As always, we have wrestling on the background. We're actually watching the August 5th edition of Monday Night Raw as it happens live. And we're watching the Viking Raiders in a fucking squash match. Mm. And now they're, they're having a little uh, video segment about the unfortunate, untimely passing of... The one and only Harley Race. Um, yeah. You and I thought this was going to happen at the beginning of the show. Yeah. But instead, they had a uh, a 10 bell for the, um, the victims of the mass shootings in San Antonio. And, or El Paso. Uh, or, I'm sorry, El Paso. Yeah. And uh, Dayton, Ohio. Dayton, Ohio. Thank you. So... Uh, which makes sense. Uh, obviously, our condolences go out to all the absolutely those affected it's by that. Fucking shame! Stop the hate, people. Stop the hate. Um, but yeah, we 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 did lose uh, a legend, um, you know, Harley Race. And uh, for me, he was he was fucking Mister NWA there for a long time. I, so that's that. I mean, that was going to be my 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 question to you. I mean, I mean, obviously. Being a pro wrestling fan of of decades, you and I now, you know, you we've seen guys pass away. You know, it's yeah, just, that's yeah. life. You know, that's just how it works. But uh, there's always not to ever discredit anybody's life by any means. But there's always those that it's a little more. So it, it affects us a little more. You know, for me, it, it was you know, to this day. I think for sure it was Eddie Guerrero. Yeah, um, oh yeah. You know, and I'm sure for many out there too. For a guy that that grew up NWA, for you, losing Harley Race, I mean that's that's like you know again that's like losing the guy that represented that company. It hurts. You know, it hurts, man. Uh, you don't you don't you don't get people like Harley Race much these days anymore. Mm. Um, legit tough guy. Yeah. Uh, you hear, you know, you throughout different podcasts, you know, Ric Flair's podcast when it was around, mm-hmm. uh, shoot interviews, you hear all kinds of stories about Harley. 
uh, my favorite <laughs> is the time that the WWF was going to do a show in St. Louis, which is uh, <laughs> that's Harley's Harley's backyard, and uh, they were going to run either the same day or the same weekend as the NWA show out there, and Harley. <laughs> Harley went and found the venue, and him and a couple guys went and burned the ring down. <laughs> and so uh, he thought that was that, and then come to find out, they just put up another ring. And he he was so adamant about the <laughs> WWF not running the show. Yeah, he went. Uh, he got in his in his Cadillac uh, with his pistol. And he went up to the venue, and he kind of bypassed everybody. This was before the, the event started, and uh, he went and he found Hulk Hogan. <laughs> and, uh, you know, because Harley was like, fuck this, there's only one world champ, and it's me. So he went and found Hulk Hogan in the building, and Hulk Hogan happened to be taking a shit at the time. <laughs> and uh, Harley found him, and bust open the door and pull the pistol on Hogan told him you're not doing this fucking show <laughs> and, and Hogan's like wait a minute brother wait a minute you can't can't be doing that calm down calm down and uh yeah Flair Flair had to tell Harley like you need to back off man like this is not the way to handle this shit mm-hmm. you know but uh yeah legit tough guy and, and he'll do he'll be missed he'll be missed um yeah. If if I had to put you on the spot right now and and ask you this question of an equivalent to Harley Race in today's roster of any kind, you could have the whole wrestling world as, as you're picking. Is there a guy that stands out to be Minoru Suzuki? Minoru Suzuki, absolutely. Um, Makes le- sense to me. Legit yeah. tough guy. Um, truly doesn't give two shits. Um, Will will put you in your place, whether you deserve it or not. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, yeah, like just truly doesn't take any one shit. Um, You go back, and again, there's all kinds of uh, (laughs) there's all kinds of uh, stories about Harley Race. You just gotta hunt them down, Mm. and they're they're all delicious bits of. Of storytelling, man. Everybody's got Harley stories. And, uh... He was the kind of guy where, you know, you would... You would either let him control the match, or he wouldn't work with you. And, you know, I, I remember hearing, um... Oh, I forget who was talking. It was, it was a former opponent of his from way back in the day. He was... He was do, doing an interview for the 605 podcast with Brian Last, and <laughs> uh, they were they were talking about um, you know how how just hard headed Harley was sometimes, and he fucking uh, he would sit there and you know he was in he was in the ring with somebody it might have been Flair, and uh, you know Flair's. Whoever it was was telling him like I want to do this spot or whatever. He's like, "You're not doing that spot, kid." <laughs> what do you mean I'm doing not doing the spot? Like you're good. We're working together. I thought you're not doing that spot. 
Well, then well, I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> Harley stops and takes a drag of a cigarette and goes, well, then I'll move. <laughs> <laughs> and he just, he, he was that kind of a guy. He just didn't take anybody's shit, you know. Um, but on the same token, if he knew you were worth the shit, and he respected you, he clearly did the right thing and he put you over. Uh, flair for the gold. Yeah. You know, what kind of, what what better example of the passing of a torch right. is there than that pay-per-view? Easily, easily goes down to one of the most iconic matches yeah. oh, in yeah. pro wrestling history, yeah. without a doubt. Uh, absolutely. And um, if you're... Whether you are somebody like Joe, or even somebody that uh, you know watched him as a kid, or even I watched him as an adult, or somebody like me who had to watch all this stuff in archive footage, you know, there's uh, there's so many things out there to watch, and uh, and and I and I do this not to, I say this not to not to for a cheap plug here, but because I I definitely implore anybody to go and, and watch as much Harley Race footage as they can because so much of it is on the WWE Network. Yeah. 20x20crew.com slash podcast slash WWE Network. It's all one word. 30 days for free. And just look up Harley Race. Look up Harley Race and, and watch Flair for the Goad. That was one of my first Ric Flair matches. One of the, the, the guy that got me into pro wrestling uh, after I was hooked from what I saw on TV he started me off. He's like, I'm gonna, if, I'm, "If you're gonna get into wrestling, you want to watch. You're gonna watch certain matches first. And if you don't like this stuff, then you really don't need to watch anything else." <laughs> and just that match, that cage match at, at, at Starcade '83, was just. I mean, one one of my still one of those matches I can always go back and rewatch. Um, definitely someone that's gonna be missed. Um, you know, and it's it's one of those. Really tough ones, you know. This is like uh, an Eddie Guerrero. This is like a Roddy Piper. This, yeah. is, this is one of those guys that trans- transcended the the wrestling industry to what it is today. And uh, yeah, he's definitely going to be greatly missed. Um, and it's 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 weird now because Joe and I are going to now go into our uh, our semifinals here. Yeah, of the King of Kings tournament and. Uh Speaking of Harley Race, he is still in the He's running. Still in the running. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, semifinals. This has been this has been an interesting tournament. Uh, I didn't I didn't know exactly like I you know obviously this is something we we've been wanting to do for a while. Right. But uh, just hearing some of the matchups we've had to go through. Yeah. Uh, it's been very very interesting. It required a lot more thinking than, mm-hmm. than I thought it would, and I feel I feel a lot because I don't I didn't really like cutting guys without giving them a match, but I feel like we cut the guys, the right guys. I feel I feel better about it now that we are in the semifinals, or in going. You know, I felt that way even going in the quarterfinals, where it's like, yeah, these guys, the guys that uh, we kept, they are definitely the core guys of 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 pro wrestling as far as this. Uh, Tournament is concerned. Um, as we watch Raw, we uh, that, that's Bray Wyatt, right? Yeah, yeah, that's Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt with a new gimmick. Um, 
I'm just want to point this out to anyone that's excited about the new gimmick of Bray Wyatt. Um, don't be because give, <laughs> give it another what a month or two and it's gonna be the same shit that that's been Bray Wyatt and WWE. Uh, I just I don't have a whole lot of faith in their writers. I have a lot of faith of him in him as a as a as a wrestler and as a guy who can get his character over because he did that in NXT with Bray Wyatt. But as soon as those WWE writers fucking touch anything. I know I'm I'm not excited, and that's not a shot at Bray Wyatt at all, at all. But it's just uh, I just I don't see it um, getting over uh, any any more than a uh, let's say upper mid card status. I agree, I agree, and and you know uh, <laughs> that's that's what makes it hard to be excited about shit like this. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, friend of the show who I spent the weekend with. <laughs> Um, he doesn't, he doesn't like the mask. It's a Tom Savini mask for those who don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I don't know about you, but you know, when DC relaunched, uh, their Batman title, their main Batman title, mm-hmm. there was a pretty important storyline with the Joker and he killed, uh, essentially it was like a, a retelling of death in the family. Right. Where he kills, uh, spoiler alert, he kills, uh. Robin in the original um, I forget who he kills in this one I think it might have been Batgirl either way uh, the Joker's mask is very reminiscent of Bray Wyatt's mask mm-hmm. and for me that just takes a lot of credibility for that mask away immediately it's like wait a minute what exactly are we talking about here like it looks too fucking similar yeah so I don't know if Tom Savini's just the uh, you know, getting up there in age and just like trying to pass <laughs> it off or, or, or what have you, but um, it's a big turnoff for me. I got a lot of people that uh, in in the horror community that I'm affiliated with. Okay, they're not gonna like what you're saying right now. But well, I, but I, but I agree. I agree. I mean, hey, look at the mask yourself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's it's not you know. I I understand it's my opinion, but at the same time, like if you just pull the masks up side by side, mm-hmm. you're looking at the same fucking mask. Yeah. <laughs> no, I agree. I agree with what you're saying. Uh, the horror community, though, they are very much. Oh, I know how it goes. You, yeah, you get uh, it. I know you how get it. Goes. They they take <laughs> fanboys to a whole nother level, and I'm gonna get shit for that one. <laughs> so. <laughs> So, I, yeah, I'm definitely taking my, my beating for what I just said there, <laughs> which is fine. Um, but, yeah, we are we are at the semifinals. For everybody that's uh, been been following along, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Uh, this has been fun. This has definitely been fun. Uh, I It gets harder every single round, which which is, you know, pretty common for tournaments. Yeah, yeah it's supposed to. You know, it's to, supposed to get right? harder. Right. But it's it has been extremely tough from the get-go. There's been very few matches that have been, you know, hands down, like gimme matches, and and again, for for those that have that have uh, reached out and and you know some I've had I've had a conversation with a Lesnar fan earlier this week. Look, this I get it. This is our opinion. This is fantasy booking. Yeah. With fantasy booking, there is definitely a level of opinions that are going to be part of it. This is not the uh, the bottom line by any means, but this is what our take on it. But 
And we're gonna. I'm gonna toot our own horns here. We're, we're, we are not glorified fanboys by any stretch of the imagination. You know the the match with with Stone Cold. Mm-hmm. I came out and said it very much that 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 was a tough one for me. Even though I had Macho Man all the way, the fact that you know Stone Cold and that, that such an important Stone Cold, uh, you know, a better wrestler too before all the neck injuries. This is still a year before he breaks his neck. Yeah. Or, or I should say, Owen Hart breaks his neck. You know, it's still a year before that. I, I just I felt that. You know, this is potentially a guy that could beat 87 Macho Man. But the problem is, is that not many people could beat 87 Macho Man. And I say not many people because maybe he, he doesn't win this tournament. I, I don't know yet. But that that was such a white-hot version of yeah. the Macho Man that it's just, it, it's it's tough to beat. So it's it's not an opinion where I, we don't like you or, you know, and I, I look... I speak on behalf of myself for this one, <laughs> but like the Brock Lesnar situation, I didn't base it off of the fact that I hate Brock Lesnar. I based it off the realistic fact that when it comes to in his in-ring performance, he struggles against guys who are as physical as Ken Shamrock. Yeah. We saw that we, way he struggled with Kurt Angle. We saw the way he struggled with Chris Benoit. And, and if and if you know if any of you think we're blowing smoke up your ass, go look at his MMA fights. Exactly. Look, look at Frank Mir. Yeah. You know. Look at the way he fought against Alistair Overeem, and yeah. you know Rock Lesnar's going to say because he had the injury. But the thing is, if you had a fucking injury, a legit injury, then fucking don't wrestle. Then or don't, sorry, don't don't yeah, fight. Don't fight. Yeah. Don't fight if you had an injury. Uh, apparently the. Uh, Gallows and Anderson? Yeah, the original club. They are tag team champs. I know that happened. Once again. Back to semi-face paint. Mm-hmm. They really are going old school, huh? Yeah. That's that's cool. It's still not... Uh, I'm, I'm still, this still doesn't excite me. No, it doesn't. This should have happened when they got signed. The only club that matters, yeah. huh? This should, all this shit should happen when they mm-hmm. got signed. Yeah. Again, ladies and gentlemen, we're watching the August fifth, twenty nineteen edition of Monday Night Raw live as it happens. You have the original club, the OC, come out, which is uh, Gallows, Anderson, and AJ Styles. Something that should have happened right when they got signed, because now all that momentum has to be rebuilt. Mm-hmm. You know. The only thing that helps them, as far as the wrestling world, is that. The, the Bullet Club are in the same situation. They're rebuilding <laughs> their own momentum. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's mainly because they lost so many guys in, in, you know, right away. But uh, but anyways, that's neither here nor there. Let's let's focus on our tournament here. <laughs> um, semifinals. Two matches. Two matches. Uh, again, remember every round of this tournament was randomized. Yes. Thank you again to the folks over at random.org for the use of their random number sequencer, um, which is free to everybody. But, uh, yeah. So, uh, for our semifinals, our first match is going to be 1994's winner, Owen Hart, taking on 1987's winner, Randy the Macho Man Savage. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> um, we just talked about that 1987 Macho Man, and if anyone can beat him, 
I already have my answer. I want. I want like to hear what, what you say. You know, it's, it, it's, here's the here's the thing. So you know, earlier we talked about Stone Cold versus Savage. Both of those guys were white hot, mm-hmm. but for the both of us, Savage's white hot was much more white hot than Stone Cold's. If yep. that makes any kind of sense to you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, here you have you have a ninety four Owen Hart who pretty fucking hot going up against 87 Macho Man and I know what I'm going to say I'm going to say it uh, my pick Savage I think I think overall you have uh, you have someone who is even even though we're talking about Owen Hart in 94 I think you still have Savage who is way more comfortable and I know that that's uh that's maybe not saying a lot, but yeah. to me, he's way more comfortable in that ring compared to Owen Hart at, at that stage of his career. So Owen Hart in 1994, I said it last week, probably the best Owen Hart that we've ever gotten. Yeah. Um, nobody was hotter than him in 1994 as far as in ring goes. Uh, and then, um, you know, too, like I said, obviously his life was cut short which means his career was cut short. And I said last week, too, he worked for the wrong company. He really did. Yeah. Um, that being said, 1994, he was still being pushed in a very legitimate role, but it was always the carrot being dangled. And, you know, I've, I asked a question about Bret Hart, was how much did that have to do with him, so on and so forth. Macho Man was a guy that, you know, some people have said, and, and it's true, 87, he was white hot because well, he was nothing more than a placeholder. Going into an 88 and being the, the champion while Hogan went out and bid and did Hollywood shit. Now, I'm going to stop it right there. Um, I get it as far as the championship belt, he was a placeholder. And that's, a lot, that's the fault of the company, not his, that they looked at the title as a fucking prop to begin with. Because if you go by pure talent... Macho Man is no fucking placeholder. And he proved that by his in-ring performances from 87, going into 88, and, and, and so on. Um, nobody in that era, at that time, I don't care who you are, I don't care how long, much more long you've been watching wrestling than me, nobody was doing what Macho Man was doing. And... Not to that degree. Not to that degree. No. And if you if you don't believe me, you need to go back and get yourself that subscription and watch what the fuck I'm talking about. <laughs> I love Owen Hart. I think Owen Hart could beat Macho Man, but now not he's not he's not winning this 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 match for me. No. Um I don't think that Owen Hart again, Owen Hart might have peaked at that year, but he peaked at a glass ceiling. Yeah, very and, good point. Very and, good point. And we we just we didn't get to see him outside of that show. Now this was Owen Hart '94 like Owen Hart in 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 '87. We got a whole different match. We got a whole different ball game because a guy like him potentially could get over on a Randy Savage, as we saw with a Steamboat. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. I just I don't I don't see it happening in in this sense. Uh, from from my money, Macho Man Randy Savage. Edges Owen Hart, um, 
and, uh, and, and and goes to the finals. Nice. While Savage takes it to the finals, our last semifinal match, the 2000 winner, Kurt Angle, taking on 1986's winner, the now late great Harley Race. What you have here is a... Uh... You have a guy that's past the prime of his career at this point in 86. I think it's safe to say. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, versus a guy who's beginning his career in 2000. We've, we've said it so many times. I'll say, go, go ahead and say it again. Kurt Angle picked up on the wrestling business faster than anybody probably ever has, ever. And... Uh, you got what you got from him in 2000 and going even going into 2001. Just uh, a guy that uh, just continued to dominate the competition and and showcase his style of wrestling and 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 make really be help to help the WWE get past the Attitude Era, which the Attitude Era was a very uh, as, as popular as it was. It was a shitty fucking era for wrestling. There was not not many good wrestlers coming out of the, the Attitude Era. There's a few, but not many. And then Kurt Ang- guys like Kurt Angle, guys like Chris Jericho, guys like Eddie Guerrero and Chris Benoit, even Perry Saturn and Dean Malenko before their careers ended. You know, they they were helping get put wrestling back in the WWE. And it was amazing that you can put Kurt Angle on that, that category because, again, he was so young to the game. He wasn't a young man, per se, but he was so young to the game. Harley Race, you know, in WWE again, he's past his prime, but he's still Harley Race. That never changes. He never, you know, it, it, just because he's not the same guy that you know puts a gun at Hulk Hogan's face you know, <laughs> <laughs> doesn't mean that man doesn't exist anymore. And Harley Race is still going to be the guy that's just going to control control the, the match. Um. It's hard for me because Kurt Angle is a guy that can handle Harley Race. I don't, I don't know what happens though when Kurt does something that Harley doesn't like, and how does <laughs> how does Harley react to it? How does Kurt react to it? If you go by pure talent alone, from from their respective eras, with all due respect to Harley, I gotta go Kurt Angle. But as far as the total package. Even though I don't, this this is I don't I'm not gonna say I don't think I know this isn't the best Harley race. By as slimmest of margins, I got Harley race over Kurt Angle going into the finals. You bring a lot of interesting points, and uh, you're right. But I think my, the only question for me is, mm-hmm. I don't think it's a matter of what happens when Kurt does something that Harley doesn't like. Although that could be, a, you know, a potential issue, I think for me the only question was, does Harley? Do you think Harley would respect Kurt Angle enough to do the job? To do the job. Do you think Harley has that foresight to where, like, you know what, this kid taking is taking the wrestling like, uh, you know, a fish to water, so I'm gonna do the job for him. That's a good point. You know. For me, that would—that's the only—the only question. 
Uh, if I'm going to answer it for myself, I'm going to say no. <laughs> I'm going to say I'm going <laughs> to say no. Okay. I'm going to say Harley's like fuck this shit. Um, because I think just because I think Kurt Angle was so still new. Yeah. Even though he was, you know, he had advanced a, a way above his peers at the time, I still think Harley would have probably had a problem with. Kurt being so advanced so quick, and so, ladies and gentlemen, what, what what happens then next? And this is for those who say, "Well, why can't Kurt still win?" What happens when when you when you in a business when a guy refuses to to do the job, you have to go to business for yourself, and that's where <laughs> the the rookie mindset kind of hurts Kurt Angle here, or definitely hurts Kurt Angle here, because. I don't think he knows what to do if, if that happens. I, he, he looks, he's going to be confused out there. And he's not going to, and, and not only that, but it's, it's probably going to be a guy that respects the hell out of his opponent here. And he probably just goes along with it. Either that or he reverts to what he knows, being a, uh, you know, Greco Roman wrestler. wrestler. Yeah. And I'm not calling him. Uh, you know, I'm not calling Kurt Angle a wuss here or anything like that, but let's be honest. At that point, if that happens, you now have a Greco-Roman wrestler against a legit tough guy who's just going to try to beat the shit out of you. He's going to throw a haymaker. He's, yeah, he's going to throw haymakers and, you know, do what he has to do to win the match. So, again, for me, you know, judging from all the, the footage I've seen over the years, I still think Harley Race wins this match. Yeah, you know, it, it, it unfortunately it isn't a uh, a question of youth versus age or you know anything like that. It's legit tough guy versus Greco Roman wrestler mm-hmm. at that point. And guess what? Harley Race was that legit of a tough guy to where I'm sorry, Kurt Angle, you're shit out of luck. <laughs> yeah, and, and you know what? Here's here's the thing though. And just 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 for those who who understand being a rookie compared to being a veteran, six years later for Kurt Angle, I'm 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 calling Kurt Angle over '86 Harley Race because oh six Kurt Angle was a was a different beast. Absolutely, and that's a guy that would take Harley Race's shit and he'd give it right back. He'd give it right back, and and nobody was more intense in 2006. Than Kurt Angle. That's the guy we see on the screen right now, Smaller Joe. Smaller Joe. <laughs> he got a taste of that. He got a taste of that, and he wasn't quite ready for it that first time. But man, did they have a rivalry in TNA. But, anyways, uh, Harley Race, Macho Man Randy Savage. Final set. Going to the finals. That. <laughs> oh, good guy. And for those that, uh, that want to know who's going to win, all you gotta do, stick around. Stick around. It'll be uh, it'll be the closing segment of the of this episode of our seventy fifth episode. Seventy five. Seventy five, man. I still can't believe it. It's a lot of lot of lot of time and effort and work, man. And I've I've some of it's been annoying in some parts, like editing. But uh, <laughs> I, I gotta say, I've I've loved every moment of it. I love I love when the finished product's out there. You know, you know what, man? It is. Uh, it's it's cathartic for me. It really is. And you know, there's times where you and I we have completely busy days, and then we finally sit down to record. And mm-hmm. you know, we're both shot to shit, but we still do it, and we still talk and whatever. 
and I'll go home thinking like, man, I could have did this better, I could have did that better, what, what have you, but my mind still goes there. It still races. It still wants to talk wrestling. Yeah. At the end of the day, no matter what's going on, like I, I still genuinely like to sit down, and not just with you, but it just so happens that you and I do it more often than most. Yeah. Um, and I love to talk wrestling. You know, I, I got people at my 9 to 5 that, uh, that listen to the show now. Uh, thanks, thank, guys. Yeah, thanks for listening, uh, supporting supporting us. And, uh, you know, I, I, I wear my AEW hat to work. And, uh, you know, they just, like, they're asking questions. When's that happening? When's that coming on? Mm-hmm. You know, so, you know, I'm, you know, just stuff like that. You know, they want to know more about this. They want to know about that. Or they, they see a... Uh, an article online, and I'm the first guy. Like, hey, I saw this, and yeah. <laughs> you know, what's this about? Kind of thing. Just, you know, I'm I'm their go-to guy. You know, so some of them are actually watching wrestling on a smaller scale, of course, but still watching wrestling, and and uh, it's cool, man. It's cool that uh, you know people out there are yet again supporting pro wrestling because that's what that's all we want. I think that was the concept of this whole... I don't think. I know that was the concept of this whole podcast. <laughs> was uh, for us to continue to support pro wrestling and do what we can as two guys, you know, from the south suburbs of Chicago to, to help promote this uh, this business that we love so much and has been so good to us. So, uh, you know, whatever we could do to spread the word, man, it's great. So, yeah, absolutely, man. It's 75 and here's to, here's to many more. Uh, you mentioned Stone Cold earlier. Uh, I I got to see Stone Cold over the weekend. You did. I did. Uh, so, um, <laughs> me and a friend of the show, um, we went to go. Well, he wanted to go see Hulk Hogan. Okay. Um, at a convention in uh, Rosemont, Illinois, which is uh, northern part of the state of Illinois. It's the home of the Allstate Arena. A- absolutely, and so. Uh, I went with him, um, and uh, I, I am per, per se I am not a Hulk Hogan fan anymore. Not, no, not nowhere near as as much as he is. <laughs> um, Fair enough. But uh, he wanted to go see him, and you know he's my big brother, and I love him to death, and I don't get to hang out with him very often. So sure, sure shit, yeah, I'm gonna go, uh, despite Hogan, you mm-hmm. know. So uh, we get there, and there's this family. Who paid for the photo op, and so the dad is dressed as Macho Man Savage. The mother was dressed as the Undertaker, <laughs> and then he had four daughters. One was dressed as Kane, and I mean completely. Like I think the oldest daughter was like probably like thirteen, fourteen. Okay. So you have from from a fourteen year old going down to like a four year old. Mm-hmm. You had Kane. Mankind, like to the dress to the T, bro. Yeah. Stone Cold Steve Austin. What's the What's the third one? And the Ultimate Warrior. Oh shit! Okay. Yeah, I mean face paint the whole nine. Uh, Stone Cold really truly impressed me because she had <laughs> she had she had face paint to uh, to do the goatee. and then she had a bald cap that she put on <laughs> and like tucked her hair underneath. Yeah. And she had the the vest and the whole nine. It was fucking great. That's cool, man. Yeah, it was cool. That's as cool. But um, what a cool thing to be able to share with your kids. Yeah, it you was. Yeah. That's awesome. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, 
but they were oh my god they were dressed to the t it mm. was it was great it was great <laughs> That's even awesome. the baby the, the you know four-year-old ultimate baby warrior, warrior. She had, hogan big boot him or her <laughs> she had give the, me that baby brother she had the face paint i mean her obviously her muscles were fake sure but uh you know she had the 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 armbands and the, and the hair <laughs> Everything it was it was it was great. These people got money, man. I'm telling you, because seeing Hulk Hogan it wasn't cheap. No, it was not. <laughs> <laughs> Before we go and uh, take a quick time out here again, ladies and gentlemen, this is a big month in the month of, of August here, and uh, for those who didn't get to check out Triple Mania, it did happen on. Uh, this past weekend on August the 3rd on Saturday night. Uh, Triple Mania, by the way, for those who don't know, that is... I, hate, I always hate when we do this, but it, you know, for all intents and purposes, it is the equivalent to WrestleMania for AAA wrestling. For AAA wrestling. <laughs> uh, it, it, did, it did happen. It went, it went on. Hell of a show. Three new champions were, were crowned. Um, we got to see... We get to see the rematch of Laredo Kid and Lucha Brothers versus the Elites. Okay. Because remember, AEW is they are uh, they are partners with uh, with with Triple or sorry, yeah, with Triple A. We got to see the main events: Lucha de Puestas match of Blue Demon Junior versus Doctor Wagner Junior. And what was for me could go down as one of the best matches of 2019. It was that good, uh, as expected. Uh, yeah, that good. yeah. Uh, just tons, tons of great stuff. But um, you know, I I don't. I wish I could plug it and and and, and kind of. I don't know how Twitch works right now. I, okay. I don't know if it's something that you can get on demand. So I don't want to plug it and I say you can. I don't think so. Okay. So I don't know how you can go on there and get it, but please, if you can, find a way to get a hold of that that uh, that pay per view. It was really it's really worth your time. But I bring up AAA for this reason because I asked you a question last week. In episode 74, AAA is doing, excuse me, um, AEW is doing All Out on August 31st. Uh-huh. The next planned show is the debut show on TNT on October the 2nd. So that leaves September wide open. Do you do a show? And the answer for you, you said was no, which I agree with you. However, there is a show that's happening on September 15th by AAA. Okay. Do you remember that show? I do not. It is AAA invading New York. Oh, no way. AAA, for those who forgot, like myself, I just found out about this a few days ago. AAA is putting on a show in a little venue called Madison Square Garden. Oh, that's right. In downtown New York City, New York, on September the 15th. Now... We have talked about it this past April with the Ring of Honor, New Japan, Pro Wrestling, G1 Supercard show. The first show since November 14th, 1960, to be put on by a company that's not, by a wrestling company, we're talking about wrestling here only, that's not owned by a McMahon family member. They, they made history. AAA is going to be the second show to do that. Again, non-McMahon family-owned company. Okay. 
and you know one of the things that we talked about some people that not necessarily us but other people talked about was that you know it's unfortunate we're not going to see the bucks we're not going to see kenny or or you know, guys like cody or, or anything for that matter at that show at that uh g1 supercard because they no longer work for new japan and ring of honor and things of that nature and AEW isn't really on the best of terms with those two companies <laughs> then nor now. Um, but they are on good terms with AAA. Very true. So I asked you this question this week, episode 75. Does AEW compete at this AAA show in Madison Square Garden? Well, let's think about it. Do you... Obviously, besides exposure, mm-hmm. what do they have to gain? Besides exposure? Besides exposure. It's a ton of personal gains, I think. I mean, you got to remember, a lot of these guys, with the exception of probably Cody, has never competed at Madison Square Garden before. And when talked about the Garden last year, a lot of guys, including a Kenny Omega, who, by the way, kind of unofficially challenged Ray Phoenix to a match in a future okay. show of some kind and say when and where. Um I say that he that, that was one of those venues that as a pro wrestler you want to go to. Um as an executive VP I'm talking about Kenny Omega here, what does he have the game besides exposure? Um not much. But there is also this though too. You get to be that other company. You know, you're that... Let's call it what it is. Whether it's official or not. Okay. AEW is number two. There's WWE. There's AEW. Impact Wrestling, Ring of Honor, you're out. Or you're, you take a backseat. It's, it's WWE and it's AEW. And... You've established that WWE is competition. And every once in a while, you want to stick it to them. Just like the way that AEW felt they got stuck to by the Evolve show that WWE put on their network on the night of Fight for the Fallen. Okay. This would be their way of kind of sticking it to the McMahons, if you will, and saying, we're showing up at your venue, because this is our venue now. And then they put on the show with AAA. And it's kind of just their way of forcing the issue even more. I say, I say, if they show up, I I think more more than anything, it would be to progress some sort of storyline or angle with with the Lucha Brothers. Well, the Lucha Brothers at this point, September fifteenth, they'd already they they would already have their match with the Young Bucks. I say, at all out, you have to end that. As much as I love that rivalry. We've seen it enough. You're going to do a ladder match. I don't know how you can top that. Um, I like where they went with Kenny Omega and Ray Phoenix. I wouldn't mind seeing that. But I don't necessarily need to see top-tier guys, though, either. I, I guess what I'm saying here is I, I think I think there's a, a potential, a possibility for some of those AEW guys to show up there. But I don't think we're going to see something... Uh, where it's full force. Mm-hmm. I think you know it might it might just be a Kenny Omega versus Ray Phoenix. Yeah, 
or or you know maybe Cody does finally get to do a Madison Square Garden show. You know, oh, so he did do the garden. So I wasn't sure if he did the garden or not. You know, so it's like I don't see them doing more than one, two, maybe. I think three three matches is well, uh, too much. That's but, that's all they did at at uh, yeah. Triple Mania was I, two matches. Yeah, I think that's if if anything happens, I think that's what will happen, and I think more or less it'll be for the the benefit of it, it'll be for the benefit of both companies. But under oh, the, doubt. but under the banner of AAA, um, I mean, let's be honest here. It it doesn't take uh, a rocket science to figure out that hey, it doesn't matter what promotion you know what banner you fall under, you're going to run Madison Square Garden. You're going to make the most of it. You know, you are going to have a, you know special match or you know someone showing up that probably wasn't scheduled or you mm. know things of that nature. And again, like like I was alluding to, you know, you don't necessarily have to have top tier guys or either. You don't have to have a Kenny Omega. You know, you could have, let's say, some kind of tag team match and put in somebody like, you know, a boy and his dinosaur, something like that. You could do stuff like that. You could, you know, you can cross talent that way as well. But uh, but you know, but still showcasing your talent. You know the a both AEW and AAA, and the fact, and not only that, but also showcasing your your partnership. I mean, if we're if we're if we're going to book this right, and we're gonna and they're gonna do it right, and have a, a very fruitful relationship on both sides, you do want that. Mm-hmm. You do want them to have not just top tier guys, but other talent in general. You want to make it as legit of a partnership as possible. Yeah. And you want to make it realistic that you're going to see guys on both shows, you know, all guys and girls. Or what I was going to say, if if it were me booking the show, I would have some sort of crazy fucking match with women from the women roster. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've already seen a TLC match at uh, Triple Mania. What better Hell of a match? Uh, yeah, what what better way? What better way to to keep that going on? You know. Mm-hmm. You wanna, you wanna. That is a, a legendary venue. You shouldn't try to do anything less. If if Kenny Omega faces Ray Phoenix, um, or just Phoenix as far as AAA is concerned, uh, I definitely, I definitely think that they're gonna put uh, the the Mega Championship on the line. Phoenix is their Mega Champion still. Um, do they do it again? As far as Swapping the belt and then having Kenyon take the belt, I, I I say no, but again, it'll be a hell of a match. It's that legitimate, yeah. You know, I, I got to see them go, and you, I'm pretty sure the footage is still on YouTube. They did a show in Boston. It was Maryland. Maryland. Yeah, yeah. yeah I remember that match. Uh, that a hell of a match, man. Mm-hmm. Hell of a fucking match. One one of the things too that I loved about Triple Mania because people tend to forget. Triple A doesn't—they're not just doing business with AEW. They're doing business with Lucha. Uh, excuse me, not Lucha. Uh, they're doing business with uh, Impact Wrestling. That's still a uh, a partnership that they have. And one thing that we saw was a match that featured Killer Cross, who you can see a lot of on Impact Wrestling, uh-huh. and a match with Cody, who's in AEW. And I, I know it was a trios match, but like, this is where partnerships really just 
They just they, they just hit it so well because you get these these clashes of, of guys and girls that you're not going to see anywhere else. You know because Lucha I keep saying because Impact Wrestling and AEW they're not doing business together as of right now. But because of their mutual partnership with AAA, it's okay to do it for the show. And I thought that was really good, really well done. Politics always makes strange bedfellows. <laughs> And it was it was just really good booking uh, for 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 those guys, uh, but yeah, I, I implore anybody to to definitely check out uh, Triple Mania. And again, September fifteenth uh, on the on Twitch again, you can catch Triple A uh, invading New York. Will it feature AEW? It may or may not. Uh, we were watching Raw again, and first of all, we had the very uh, racist tag team in the Kabuki Warriors. Um, thanks for that one, Vince McMahon. <laughs> well, goddamn, pal. <laughs> yeah, it's, I, I'm not even going to get into that. But um, Paige is randomly coming out with them now. I don't know what's going on with that. But yeah, Paige. They have nothing else for her. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> I thought she was, and they're still paying her, I guess. What kills me is, like, it. It's racist as fuck to have this tag team man, this tag team together. Yeah. Uh, but we are looking at uh, two two out of three members uh, from a former faction. Uh, I believe a former Stardom faction. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's like they're taking advantage of them. Like, hey, you guys, you guys are really good friends. You, how about you know? You, you know, you're a little unsettled. You might not want to be here anymore with this company. Why don't you guys work together? Huh? Yeah. Yeah. You go out there with your yeah. friend. You can be whatever the fuck you want. Just, you know, hang around. Eat ramen together. Yeah. <laughs> you know. It's as racist as I just what I just made it sound like. Um, <laughs> it's just stupid. So fucking stupid. Uh, but anyways, as, as you guys are hearing this, we're going to take a quick break here. Uh, I just want to do a quick plug-in a little bit here. Uh, it's a big month for, for pro wrestling, as we said. This is a big weekend. This is uh, the 9th that this is getting released on of August. We have a uh, show every day. Show every day. First off, you have the Summer Supercard, the uh, Ring of Honor, New Japan Pro Wrestling, and CMLL Super Show that's happening in Toronto. Uh, there's a couple of matches that are, are happening there. Matt Taven defending the ROH World title against the returning Alex Shelley. So glad to see that man back in pro wrestling. Did you hear his his comments as to like what he was doing while he was gone? I did not know. Man, so you know wrestling is a hard business, right? Um, Alex Shelley retired from wrestling because his his life was falling apart. Uh, he got divorced. Okay. Um, he was homeless. Okay. Yeah, like it just kept getting progressively worse for him. He won. He wants to go back to school uh, and finish. Um, I think his master's degree, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but uh, yeah, there was an interview he did with uh, some media outlet, and uh, man, he had a hell of a fucking hard time while he was gone. Man, like he was he was like fucking Skid Row, pretty much. And and, uh, more or less, like, he didn't necessarily really want to have to come back, but now he's kind of forced forced to come back. So, 
it's kind of bittersweet for Alex Shelley to be back. I mean, all, all of us that are fans are completely glad that he's back. <laughs> and uh, I can't wait. I can't wait to have him back. But um, I wish it were under different circumstances. Absolutely, man. I, I did not know that. That definitely sucks, uh, to say the least. But uh, it is, as a fan, you're right. It is it is cool to see him back. Um. I think he, him and Matt Tabor are going to have a, a hell of a match, and, and and hopefully, hopefully, win or lose, the whatever passion that he may not have for the business comes back at some point, because you don't want to see him do it because he has to, because it's it's not going to be good for anybody. No, you're absolutely right. Um, but it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see him uh, not just come back, but right. uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see probably right away whether his heart is in it or not. I mean. I don't. I don't think he's completely fallen out of love with professional wrestling. Mm-hmm. I think more or less like he just like his life was falling apart. He needed to take time and try to handle shit. Sounds like he needs to, you know, one of those things where you, you got to catch catch yourself and kind of re love yourself. You know, that's definitely some tough tough shit to deal with. Oh yeah, no doubt about that. Um, going back to the card, some other matches that you, you want you're gonna want to check out. Of course, Briscoes, God, Ladder War. For the Ring of Honor World Tag Titles. I can't wait for that one, man. Oh, my God. You want to see four guys beat the shit, shit out of each other? Shit out of each other. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's that right there. That's the match right there. Uh, Shane Taylor defended the, the World Television title against Tracy Williams, the hot sauce. The rematch from the G1 Supercard. Uh, Roosh going one-on-one against Dalton Castle. This time, no DQ. You got a match like Lifeblood, Bandito and Mark Haskins versus Jay Lethal and Jonathan Gresham. A tag team match. As well as other matches on that card. Definitely something you're going to want to check out. Uh, and then the night afterwards, on August 10th, you have the one I'm probably most excited about. NXT TakeOver Toronto. Uh, of course, going to be main evented by Adam Cole versus Johnny Gargano. Third time. Third time they're doing this. Two out of three falls again. But this time, each fall is a different match. Stipulation. Fall number one is going to be a singles match. Fall number two is going to be a street fight. And the third and final fall will be decided by William Regal. Again, it's pro wrestling. You know, you can say if it gets down to a third fall, it's going to get down to a third fall. William Regal is going to decide it. We're, we're projecting potentially cage, potentially ladder match, because this is the year of the ladder match, by the way. I'm telling you, man. I'm telling you. So, I, or unless they come up with some kind of crazy shenanigans themselves. Um, but that's happening, as well as uh, Street Profits defend the tag team titles against Undisputed Era, Kyle O'Reilly, and Bobby Fish. We like to call them Red Dragon, because that's who they are. <laughs> um, Velveteen Dream defended the North American Championship against Pete Dunne and Roderick Strong in a triple threat match. Uh, definitely going to be one of those matches, too, that's uh, going to put a, bring a lot to the table. Uh, Shayna Baszler defending the Women's Championship against Mia Yim. Uh, those two have, have had a very interesting rivalry, to say the least. I look forward to, uh, to seeing what they do. And I'm really glad to see Mia Yim getting a push uh, in NXT because I didn't think she was going to. I'm glad that they, they did. And uh, we're going to get another female match, too, a women's match. It's uh, Candice LeRae versus Io Shirai. Uh, Io Shirai definitely has more of a, has changed her yep. gimmick, per se. So that should be a, a pretty interesting match. 
And of course, you have on the 11th, you have SummerSlam. You know, those matches happen on that show too. So. <laughs> no, you got stuff like AJ Styles versus uh, Ricochet. Bray Wyatt's back. He's fighting Finn Balor. Kofi Kingston versus Randy Orton. I mean, none of these things are really popping out to me very much, but uh, I'm still going to watch. Hopefully it's a good show. But uh, I, I'm, I'm looking at the, the next... NXT, as I was doing NXT, I was looking at the next NXT card after that. And this is not for this weekend, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, but I do, I do want to point out that War Games is happening... At the All-State Arena in Rosemont. In Chicago. In Chicago. Or Rosemont, Chicago, whatever you want to call it. So we're going to see a War Games match. Fuck. But that's in November. That's in November. We're going to get a War Games match, if you want to call it. If you will, it's not necessarily called this. But you're going to get a War Games match in September as well. I'm excited. You know about this one? It's uh, it's MLW. MLW. If I'm not MLW is doing it for a second year in a row. They're not calling it War Games this time. Okay. I forget what they're calling it, but it's not War Games. But at the, at the September tape TV taping of Fusion, I'm assuming this one's going to be air live. They, at least at least this match. Sure. You know, because usually uh, one of the hours for the the show is is like a special episode that's air live, and then the rest are under tape delays. Um. It is Contra versus Levon Eriks, and I want to say Tom Waller as their tag team partner. Holy shit! Inside, inside oh, of the oh my god, the take, two ring cage. Take, take my fucking money! I oh would, I god. wish that was happening in Cicero, but it's not. It's not. It's not. But it's, oh. it's okay. It's all right. Uh, whoever's getting the whoever venue is getting that, yeah, you guys you, better sell that lucky venue. Lucky motherfuckers. That is that is gonna be huge. They did this last year. They did it last year, and it was a hell of a match. Dude, it was fucking crazy. MLW's back, and it's gonna be called by Tony Schiavone. Oh, even better. Tony Schiavone is back dude, in the booth. Dude. So I mean, that is that is beautiful, beautiful thing. I, I am so excited. Uh, MLW again, give these guys more time. And you're going to be put... It's going to be WWE, AEW, MLW. MLW. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, I mean, it's 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 that fucking good right now. They're, they're, you know, for me, MLW is like... Uh, I'm probably going to get a lot... I know I'm going to get a lot of shit for this from, <laughs> from old school fans, but... MLW is the equivalent of what the NWA used to be years ago. Mm-hmm. Even though there's an NWA out right now. Yeah. <laughs> They've they have beat the NWA to the punch, and I, I'm I, I love it. I love the competition. Don't get me wrong. My heart my heart of hearts is still with the NWA. I hope they get their shit together and build that roster mm-hmm. to something special. But right now, MLW is doing your job for you. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Damn. You might have to change your identity. <laughs> And we're gonna uh, we're gonna look into that as we take a quick time out to support our sponsors and pay some bills. Part two underway after right of this. Stay tuned. This episode of the Twenty by Twenty Ring Crew has been brought to you by Podcoin. Joe, if you're anything like me, you love podcasts, but wouldn't it be better if you got paid while while doing it? 
Absolutely. Fellas, ladies, children of all ages, you can now be paid to listen to us, the 20 by 20 ring crew. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Sit there, enjoy Matt and I, go back and forth about professional wrestling all day, all night. Now, it's not straight out cash. You'll get paid in pod coins, but you can change those pod coins in for stuff like gift cards to Starbucks, Target, Best Buy, what have you. Or... If you're uh, anything not like me, you uh, you can donate those pot coins for, to charity. To charity so. Which is, I mean, that's always a good thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. So all you got to do is visit us at 20x20crew.com slash podcast slash pod coin. That was a little bit of a tongue twister. It is. Again, that's 20x20crew.com slash podcast slash pod coin. And don't forget, use the invite code 20x20pod when you sign up for the pod coin app. It's going to give you 300 free coins right off the bat the moment you sign up for free. And PodCoin is available for both iOS and Android. And you get to listen to not just us, but a a plethora of podcasts at your leisure. And the more you listen, the more money you make. It's that simple, folks. 20x20crew.com slash podcast slash PodCoin. Get yourself signed up today. Remember, invite code... 20x20pod for 300 free coins. And as always, we will see you in the ring. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. As always, thank you again for all of your uh, time listening and support of the show. Thank Thank you, you thank you, thank you. Uh, Thanks again to all of our new subscribers on PodCoin. You guys... You guys are way too good to us. Good Lord, thank Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you to PodCoin for the opportunity, too. Yes, thank you, PodCoin. Um... Getting back uh, again, we're we're always watching wrestling on in the background. Uh, Matt has turned on the WWE Network once again. If you don't have a subscription, twenty x twenty crew dot com slash podcast slash WWE Network. That's all one word. He has turned something on that I have never ever seen in my the entirety of my wrestling watching career. Uh, it is a show from nineteen ninety three, August twenty second, nineteen ninety three. It is the SummerSlam special, and clearly they, <laughs> this was taped. Spectacular. Oh, I'm sorry, SummerSlam Spectacular from 1993. <laughs> this was taped at a, wherever they were having Monday Night Raw, you see all the Monday Night Raw banners up still, so this is just like a, essentially like pretty much what they did for Smackville yeah. recently. Um Wow. Uh, right now we're watching Hacksaw Jim Duggan taking on Yokozuna. I had to stop myself because we, we were talking about Hacksaw Tim Duncan. If if you don't know the... I don't remember what episode we, we had shared. It was that our uh, WrestleMania Oh, was episode, it? Yeah. Okay, it was WrestleMania from this year. So go back to that episode and, and listen to that fucking shenanigans of a story. Good Lord. True story, by the way. True story, yep. <laughs> Yeah, he's not better. Hacksaw Tim Duncan. It's <laughs> Hacksaw Jim Duncan. Uh, but so, yeah, him versus Yokozuna. I don't think it's for the title or anything. But no, because Yokozuna is set to defend against Luger at SummerSlam. At right. SummerSlam. Oh, so. that's right. The three guys in the in the front row over there got the the the, the shirt, the special shirt you can buy with uh, Yokozuna and Luger on it. Now, you said you weren't watching wrestling in general. I wasn't watching wrestling in general. I had fallen out of love with wrestling at this this juncture. 
the business was at a lull as far as I was concerned and uh, I, I went on to watch uh, other stuff um, it was short-lived though mm-hmm. I mean I, I think I me me being like I'm done with wrestling it's fucking stupid now turned into like I don't know four or five months and then okay. I was like I need to watch wrestling again yeah. man yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a true fan for sure I think, to be honest with you, I think the only thing that really helped me was that I just had access to so many different organizations. Yeah. I think if that wasn't the case for me and I was stuck with just WWF, I probably would not have watched wrestling. Or it would have taken me longer to come back to it, you know? And that's what I love about this era. Yeah. Is that we have so many platforms. (laughs) Never a fucking dull moment. No. I mean... I, I'm I, I'm gonna lead you in here, actually. Partner. Yeah, I was gonna say, great I'm gonna, segue. I'm gonna I'm gonna lead you in there because um, you know you have things like the, the, the WWE Network, which has things that them themselves have ways to separate you from their bad product because they have NXT and NXT UK. <laughs> <laughs> but you have you know New Japan Pro Wrestling's out here, MLW, Ring of Honor, you know uh, AEW, especially when they start up weekly in October. As well as a plethora of you know smaller companies and international companies, but smaller companies here in the United here in the U.S. Companies like Evolve, like Shine, like FIP, things of that nature, and you have all these regional and smaller independent wrestling companies now that you could watch all by way of an internet connection. Yeah, and uh, I'm glad you mentioned all this. Because the folks over at Independent Wrestling TV have put their app, their streaming app now on uh, multiple platforms. Mm-hmm. And in order to celebrate the, the situation they got going on, they're giving you a whole week of live shows now. By the time you hear this show, this episode, um, it, would, it would have already been started for... Actually, I think it's two weeks. Okay. There's a show on each night of of uh, the two week beautiful um, that they're going to give away for free. Mm-hmm. So you don't need any. Uh, I don't think there's even a promo code or anything. I think you just to new subscribers. Mm-hmm. If you sign up and and uh, sign up for a free account every night until the I think the 16th of August, you're going to get a free show to watch. Beautiful. They have a, a schedule. I'll put it on the the episode. Uh, episode page oh you know what I take that back I'm sorry it's only one week okay so we'll just be rounding out the week but you'll still get a, a few more free shows when this episode airs mm-hmm. uh, head over to independentwrestling.tv and they're calling it uh, mobile app mobile app launch celebration week and every night you're gonna get a free show um, it started on uh, the beginning of August with Crux Wrestling, where they presented Hey Jealousy, and it's going to end, if I'm not mistaken, on the 9th of August. So yeah, you might just get one more show. If you're listening to this, you might you might just just in time make it for the last show. But they were giving the show away free every night mm-hmm. as part of this um, independent wrestling TV definitely the place to go for indie wrestling 
really quick too before I forget uh, I know he doesn't listen he might start listening now that I met him uh, <laughs> shout out to Matt Burns who used to wrestle for uh, a bunch of different places in uh, southern Illinois and central Illinois um, I met him in line waiting to see Hulk Hogan uh, really cool cat really cool cat Russell. or was Hulk Hogan waiting to meet him <laughs> <laughs> you never know, brother. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, he was a really cool cat. He was, nice. he was really cool to, to talk to. And uh, turns out uh, he also knows CM Punk. Um, yeah. Not necessarily in the best of ways. but Okay. But yeah, independentwrestling.tv. Go over there, sign up. There, there are tons of different promo codes for mm. different organizations. Um, I'm not going to list any of them right now, but... If you sit and do your homework, if you're interested in Black Label Pro, mm-hmm. head over to Black Label Pro's you know social media. Pretty sure you can find a promo code for 20 days of free Black Label Pro, and then you know follow through with whatever whatever other Fed you're interested in. Usually that's the case. They'll give you a free trial that way with their own promo code. Yep. But everybody's on there. Black Label Pro's on there. Um, Crux Wrestling, Chikara, MC Wrestling, Women's Wrestling Revolution, Freelance Wrestling, who's celebrating their 50th show. Congrats, Freelance. On Friday, August 16th. Beautiful. Congratulations. Uh, those are hometown boys yes. here in Chicago. Um, that 50th show is going to be called Get Over or Die Trying. So, uh, but yeah, uh, I was telling Matt before we came back from the break, I think one of the highlights of their free. You know, Celebration Week streaming was Scenic City uh, did a two-night invitational. And um, you had the likes of, like, Anthony Henry, J.D. Drake, Marco Stunt, um, A.C. Mack, uh, a bunch of guys. And I didn't get to watch it, but I heard it was one hell of a card. Both nights were, so... I'm excited. I want to go back and see if I can't find a promo code or something that can uh, sit and wet my whistle temporarily, or mm-hmm. you know, catch catch a, um, some highlights on YouTube or something. But uh, yeah, independent wrestling is alive and well and kicking on independentwrestling.tv. It's a beautiful thing because now you get to have another way to support professional wrestling. Because as I was telling Joe here, what happens when you don't support it? Is that companies don't make it? Oh man, that it's disheartening to hear this. But please tell the tell the kind folks here out in uh, in, in the twenty by twenty ring crew. The the I you know I'm very with a heavy heart you know very much so. Uh, I have to announce that Defiant Wrestling has officially closed their doors. And that's for Defiant, good. Defiant, not, not Defy. Yes, not Defy, Defiant. Um, used to be called what uh, what culture pro wrestling. Mm-hmm. Uh, before they, they changed their name, I believe it was back in 2017, late 2017, they changed their name to Defiant Wrestling. Uh, they had a weekly TV show that they aired on YouTube. Uh, I know they were having issues with YouTube. You and I have had our issues with YouTube as well. <laughs> um, they were making money off of it. They were not making any money off of the, the loaded show. They were, no. they were banking it off of live events and, and pay-per-views, and they just couldn't make it. Great show, such great stuff. It, it, it is very sad to hear that uh, they just uh, financially couldn't continue to to run. Um, and 
it sucks, and I, I know I was plugging it on the show. I was I was trying to do my part, uh, and I know my my word as far as right now going goes so far. My voice, but uh, you know, I I really really sad to see that go. And 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 whether it's a small company or a big company, anytime that a wrestling organization, even ones that you know we may not like at the moment, <laughs> yeah. You know, we said it on the show before. We don't want to see them close their doors either. We don't want to see any wrestling company close their doors. By by that happening, people lose their jobs. It's bad for business. It's bad it's for bad, business. It's bad for the business. And yeah. and one thing that uh, you know, one question I, I wanted to bring up out of this was: um, is NXT UK partially to blame for this? Because a lot of talent has been scooped well, up. Well, you know, uh, let's go back. Let's go back before NXT UK was official. Yeah. Uh, you might know this. You might not know this. But before NXT UK started, the WWE had put out feelers all over Europe. All over that independent wrestling scene. Like, hey, we want you guys to be a part of our network and they were trying to sign different feds to shows Mm -hmm. you know to stream to stream through the wwe network and there was a lot of blowback a lot of feds just told them hey go fuck off yeah Uh, icw i think was probably the biggest one to tell them to go fuck off um, Progress Wrestling was like, no, I don't think we're going to do that. I, they were a lot more cordial about it, but um, also pretty much told them to go fuck off. Um, but uh, that's what started the ball rolling. And how NXT UK came to be was they kind of strong-armed all those smaller companies and either started raiding their talent and I don't just mean in-ring performers, you know, owners and, and things of that nature. And I'll explain that in a second. But mm-hmm. they were either rating talent or pretty much telling people like, hey, we're going to start running these venues and, and all this other stuff. And anyone who's here stateside who's familiar with the inner workings of WWE knows that they're, you know, they play hard-ass all the time. So... You know, just like they didn't want Ring of Honor to run Madison Square Garden, you know, that it works for smaller venues too. And, you know, is that is that always a kosher way to do business? No, but is it effective? Yeah, most of the time. Is the WWE and or the NXT UK brand at fault for this? Partially, yeah. Because, let's face it, a lot of that talent got swooped up. Or decided to travel elsewhere because yeah. because of this, and uh, that was the big fear going into the creation of NXT UK. It was like, how long before all these other smaller companies either start combining into a bigger entity or folding? And unfortunately, it seems like Defiant is the first casualty. Um, will there be more? Probably. Um, you know, it, it's it's a sad state of affairs, but probably uh, getting back to the what I said about uh, you know talent rating. It wasn't just in ring performers because uh, for those of you who don't know, um, the owner of Progress Wrestling 
is actually an executive producer for NXT UK. Yeah. Um, not a lot of people pay attention to what Jim, Jimmy's doing, but uh, that's, that's again, politics makes strange bedfellows, you know? Uh, and, I, and to be honest with you, as much as I hate to say it, I wouldn't be too surprised that, you know, in the coming years, we don't hear for sure that Progress, Rus- Progress Wrestling becomes an official European breeder for WWE. They become the next Evolve. Yeah. And and real quick here, because, I mean, there's really not much to say about this as of yet, but you've, we've talked about the potential Triple H wants to do NXT globally. Yeah, NXT South Africa, NXT Mexico, mm-hmm. you know. So, so Mexico is a good a good example, but you know I, I was thinking of top of my head Japan. Mm-hmm. Well, there you go. I mean, in your just right now in a nutshell, I guess in NXT Japan, like how effective would that be in causing the damage that potentially the UK version has caused? Japan's a little different because. Um, it's not quite the same. Uh, anything Western is is perceived in a s- specific way, and I'll leave it at that. Yeah, that's <laughs> um, and, very and, true. And so when you go, you know, when you don't get me wrong, like wrestling fans out in Japan love Western culture. Anytime you see a gaijin go over there, whether whether the the Japanese constituent that are on the roster love it or not. There, you know, there's always room for some some Western wrestlers mm-hmm. to do very well out there, and they, and that's nothing new. I mean, mm-hmm. you go back and you know the Stan Hansons and you know Big Van Vader and right. you know all those guys. Oh my God, fucking massively popular in Japan. So and guys like Matt Bloom, have yeah, succeeded oh out there, Jesus, you know? yeah. yeah. So it's nothing new. Um, you're talking about a whole whole brand. Mm-hmm. That is something a little bit different, but I th- I think with with enough time and enough push, I think it be it becomes a thing. Unfortunately, you think so? Yeah. yeah. Now, how how well it affects the uh, the rest of the wrestling landscape on Japan? Like a new Japan? Uh, or... I I don't know because I think I think more so than any anywhere else, it becomes one of those things like how well you treat your talent. I think mm-hmm. that matters a lot out there when you have something of this kind of a situation going on. Because let's face it, if you're not if you feel you're not being treated fairly enough and now this new company is around, you're probably inclined to go and give it a go over there mm-hmm. and jump ship. How many guys having guys like let's say a uh, Kenta or um I guess Kota Bushi's probably not the best example because I don't know how mistreated he, he. I don't think he was there long enough to be no, mistreated. No, I don't think so either. But a guy like Kenta, for example, and there's others that, that I, I'm not. It's not mm-hmm. jumping out of my head right now. But having those guys there, how important is that for your for your talent? For as far as like a New Japan or any other company to say to have those guys in the locker room to say, hey, even if those may not be the best here, I don't know if you want to go over work for those guys quite yet. It's pretty important. Uh, look what's going on in India. You mm-hmm. know, you have uh, Sanjay Dutt, mm-hmm. 
who was signed by WWE uh, away from Impact Wrestling. Mm-hmm. He's a road agent. He's a, he's a backstage producer specifically for WWE India product. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's out there with Abyss and uh, a few other people, and that's their that's their team out there. And it, it is important for Sanjay Dutt to be there because um, essentially, like he's the local boy. You know, he knows he knows more about that part of the world than they do. Well, now I'm referring to though in this case the opposite to say, hey, maybe you don't want to go to a WWE owned company because guys like us, even if it, even though it's NXT Japan per mm-hmm. se, guys like us, this is this is as far as you're gonna go. Like if you're looking for the, you know a bigger payday. You know, and as far as WWE is concerned, you know, look at where Japanese talent, how far they actually make it in in, in that company. The, two things here. Uh, one, tradition plays a big part in Japan, more so than Huge. other places. You Huge, know? absolutely. I'd, I'd say even... It's an understatement what you just said, yeah, that for sure. I'd say even it, it's, it's more prevalent in Japan than it is even in Mexico. Mm-hmm, I agree. And so... That plays a big part, but let's face it, man. You and I both know neither of us is naive to the fact that wrestlers don't usually make a whole lot of money, mm-hmm. and money's money. Doesn't matter what color it is. True. So, I think if it doesn't matter who it is, how well you're treated, I think if you, you know, not to sound like the million dollar man here, but I think at at some point everybody's got a price, especially if you're a pro wrestler, and. If Vince got, if, if uh, Triple H and Vince have deep enough pockets and they want to make it work, they'll make it work. And this is why it's so important to have a company like AEW or, or have other growing companies here in the States, but it's why it's so important for a company like New Japan to continue to evolve and not fall back on old school traditions like a ter- Tanahashi would want you to. <laughs> Fuck. Because by doing so, you give the people two things you give them the money that they want but you also give them the prestige to continue to make more money mm-hmm. because even though money's money we've seen so many guys go to WWE leave WWE and have a hard time making money because you didn't do anything in WWE yeah so you made your money but now that's all short term maybe you didn't spend it well maybe you didn't invest it well and you need to make money now and you're having a hard time getting booked for the right price. Yeah. Um, there's 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 that there's that. But um, going back to Defiant, it's been it was definitely a hell of a ride. I, I love watching those guys. Um, I watch them every week. Uh, I might have skipped a few weeks here and there, but that's every wrestling company. <laughs> yeah. There's too much wrestling to watch. It's, it's too much wrestling. Right now. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I you know take advantage of of things like independent wrestling TV. You know, watch all the. There's just so many opportunities to watch. You can watch stuff that's local in your neighborhood, and maybe yeah. you want to buy a ticket afterwards to do so. Um, just no excuse, no excuse to not <laughs> to, to not support professional wrestling. And uh, we're getting to that point in the episode where we're going to talk our finals. Now we mentioned it before. This is something that we usually do for our YouTube 
Ex- yeah, we Exclusive. usually do it exclusively on YouTube under the brand the following contest. Now that 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 show has been on a little bit of hiatus lately, but mm-hmm. uh, you know things. There's no excuses for it, but it's it's coming it's coming back. It's coming back. It's coming back, and it's going to come back very strong with a very special episode. Uh, actually, a very special multi-part episode coming up here soon. I wanted to kind of give viewers before we do this. I want to kind of give the viewers. A little taste of what the following contest is all about. Sure. It's very simple, ladies and gentlemen. It's fantasy booking. Joe and I, we, we take matches that we would like to see, and we make them happen. We make yep. them happen, and, and then we discuss it, how the match would go down. Maybe we, we discuss potential storylines. We, we can discuss the actual match, who would win. And the whole concept is not just to be... Joe and myself, because we don't want to just talk about our fantasies. We want to talk about your fantasies as well. It's supposed to be interactive, and we implore you to go and 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 voice your opinions and voice your opinions on the matches. Voice your opinions on matches that you want to see. Absolutely. And it could be something. It could be anything. There are no wrong answers. Even if even if it's something that Joe and I really wouldn't want to see. <laughs> we still want to hear about it. I, yeah, still, still want to hear about it. it. If it's happened already, and you just want to comment about that particular match, please. Yeah, I mean, if you, if it's if it's happened already, but it's the wrong time zone, wrong, wrong time frame. Let's say you know you you have uh, you know you let's let's talk SummerSlam right now. Let's let's say you have uh, a Goldberg versus Dolph Ziggler. That's the first one that pops in my head. I'm sorry. That's okay. But. <laughs> <laughs> And you're like, I don't, I don't, you know, let's say you're a Goldberg mark. Hey, that's, that's, you're allowed to be a Goldberg mark if you want to be. But you don't want to see 2019 Goldberg. You want to see Dolph Ziggler versus 1998 Goldberg. I'd rather see that too. So would I. Um, You can book that match. That's, that's the whole concept. So I've had a match in my head as I was watching the G1. And, you know, I was also playing, you know, I'm a a video game collector. I, I play Video games, both old and new. There's really no rhyme or reason to what I play at any given point. I've been playing a lot of retro stuff lately. Okay. And there's a guy that we talked about on this show earlier uh, earlier in this episode that I've been using a lot of because he's one of my all-time favorite wrestlers. And I've, I've just pictured him in the G1. I pictured him in the G1 because, man, he would absolutely take my money right now. Okay. Um, and there's there's a, there's a handful of guys, and maybe this guy that's currently in the G one now, maybe he's not the guy that you, as in Joe right now, would uh, choose as your number one option. But for me, they're so alike in so many ways. I as far as personality goes, I had I had to book this match. So this is an example of what we're talking about with the following contest. Uh, the guy that I'm referring to, the old school guy, if you will, is none other than the legendary late great Eddie Guerrero. Okay. Who can match up against anybody in the G1 and take my money all day. Yeah, right. But the guy that I want to see him face right now, if if I could, is none other than Destino himself, Tetsuya Naito. Wow. Just two guys that just completely embody charisma inside that ring and can absolutely wrestle their asses off. Can I ask you... Uh... Are we talking Eddie Guerrero, Eddie Guerrero, or Eddie Guerrero under a mask? Oh, that's good. 
Good question. Uh, for me, it's Eddie Guerrero, the first one. <laughs> Eddie Guerrero, Eddie Guerrero. But I, I'm, I'm intrigued if you got if you got one for both. I'm intrigued. But I choose Eddie Guerrero um, as far as without the mask because Eddie Guerrero to the point for where he's obviously still a phenomenal wrestler, but he's also he's also a, a character in that ring. He you is, know, yeah. He, he, he definitely personifies charisma. Same thing with Tetsuya Naito. Tetsuya Naito is a guy that will fuck with you and fuck with you and you just you think you see it all and then he rustles and it's just like <laughs> and it just completely just it, it, it's always amazed me how he's able to just turn it on and off just at a snap of a finger uh, stamina for days guys that could uh, you know they completely they take their own offense and they innovate it in, in a matter of seconds yeah. just, in just ways that just like modified whatever it is they do you know i i mean i've seen tetsu naito do the destino in so many different variations you just you never know how he's going to do it next yeah uh, eddie guerrero is another guy that you know he can pull moves out of nowhere he can be a submission specialist he can be the high flyer he can be the technical wrestler he can be whatever you want you need him wherever he needs to be to get the job done as well as both guys too have proven that they can also be the uh, the aggressor uh, and be very physical in ways that maybe even, uh, you know, brutality or hardcore, if you will, and we say that in the in the wrestling business, so they fit, they match so well, they mesh so well together. I mean, this right here is is, a, is one of those uh, for sure, like fantasy matches that I've had for quite some time now. I, I one thing I used to love about Eddie Guerrero was. You're you're right. He would he would be whatever kind of wrestler he needed to be, um, but it, it was the little things. Like uh, for instance, you, you go back and think of like a Ric Flair. Mm-hmm. And you'll see Ric Flair start picking apart someone's leg because sooner or later in that match he's going to try to apply the figure four. Right. So one of the things he loves to do is set the guy's ankle on the lower rope and then just drop down on it mm-hmm. and sit sit on the guy's knee. And that that starts to loosen up the guy's leg, you know, uh, or the knee. But uh, Eddie Guerrero used to do the same thing, you know. Most of the time, you'll just get guys they'll they'll do the same thing: drape the guy's leg on the bottom rope mm-hmm. and just sit there, stomp on it, you know. Not Eddie Guerrero. He puts it on the bottom rope, and then the next thing you know, he's on the outside on the apron, and he basically catapults himself over the top. And then straight down onto the ankle or the knee and rolls through. Right. He doesn't have to do all that shit, but he does. <laughs> That's what Eddie Guerrero does. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, same thing with Tetsuya Naito. I'm thinking about uh, in this year's G1. You know, he spoiler alert: he lost to Toriyanu, mm-hmm. which was a hell of a fucking su- surprise and a hell of a match. But uh, they. He he made uh, he made a mistake in the match. He he wanted to go tit for tat with Toriano, and Yanu just happened to better him that way. But he was willing to play along with Yano. So for you know what whatever whatever little shenanigans Yano was trying to get him into, he would try to answer back with it. 
So at one point, uh, there, I think Yano was trying to get him to uh, basically run the ropes, yeah, and and try to tackle him. And but when he would go to do that, Yano would step out of the way and just like hold on a second, you know. So Naito would go back at him like, all right, your turn. So he'd go to do it, and Yano would come at him, and he'd move and be like, hey. Tranquilo, tranquilo, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and it was just a lot of that back and forth. Right. I could see that happening between him and Eddie Guerrero. Mm-hmm. Tit for tat. Who can do it better? You want to do this? We're going to do it this way. Come on, I'm going to beat you. I'm going to beat you at your own game. And vice versa. Eddie Guerrero would be the same way. Oh, you want to play it like that? Fine. We'll play it that way. I'm going to beat you at that. And that's what makes that match so fucking interesting. For me, anyway. Right. And, and then, you know, you have that as the base layer, but then as the match goes through, again, you're seeing them put their own innovative spin on on moves that yes. that other people do, or they do themselves. And that adds yet another layer to this onion, you know? It's just, it's so fucking interesting. Uh, for me, I hope uh, it, it's a, a broad mix of both technical and high-flying, mm-hmm. but... I'm a wrestling fan. If they go all technical, I'm I'm all in. Yeah. If, if they're all high flying, I'm all in. Either way, I'm committed. Yeah. I would love to see this fucking match. Yeah, I mean that one, that right there, just it it warms my wrestling heart to even think that uh, you know if this was ever a possibility. Obviously, it's not. But Eddie Guerrero and Tetsuya Naito, I mean that two guys that just really represent their generation yeah of, of absolutely and, absolutely and just uh an absolutely fantastic match i mean who would you who'd you take well hopefully at some point in the match we get to see them both go 100 percent lucha libre mm-hmm. um i would love to see both of those guys explore that discipline against one another in the ring before they end that match that would be fucking awesome to see. Who do I have? I'm going to upset somebody out there, I know. Oh, either way. Either way. But, um, for my money, it's going to be Eddie Guerrero. Eddie Guerrero? Yeah. One thing that, that pops in my head, go back to the tit for tat thing, I, I think we have Eddie Guerrero pulling off a Destino. Yeah. I would assume. And yeah. Naito at least attempting a frog splash at least once. <laughs> <laughs> um, these, these these guys these guys can go 60 minutes, in my opinion, and, and, and nobody wins, and I'd be satisfied. But if I had to pick a winner, which I'm going to, um, I, I, too, I, too, go Eddie Guerrero. Um, but that's that, that, that right there probably has a lot to do with just me being a huge fanboy. But uh, as far as... I mean, it's it's a realistic pick, of course. I mean, it is Eddie Guerrero, of course. But, uh, I mean, Tatsuya Naito right now is on his game. And uh, he continues to, to get better and better, uh, which is a scary thought. Um, Eddie Guerrero is a guy that... Uh, one thing I could say about him is that he never aged. No, he never showed his age in, in that <laughs> ring. He's continuing to get better. He never showed his age. Um, although he was a young man when he passed away, he was a guy that wrestled for many years. Yeah, uh, he wasn't necessarily a young man in that ring anymore. But uh, 
you didn't you didn't think it you didn't think it I mean because he just he was waves better than most of the talent that he competed against in WWE at that point in his career I will never forget uh, when he became champ February of 2004 and I know a lot of people had issues with him being champ for Shame for for a variety of reasons, okay. but I think in at least in in my circle of of um, exposure, a lot of people were just like not. They just couldn't get over the fact that he was small in comparison to to mo- you know to most of the yeah. you know, the the roster, right? And uh, they're like, oh, you know, he's just not a believable champ, and you know. All this other shit. The guy was, he, I mean, but he was built like a fucking brick house at that point. At that point, yeah, he yeah. was. He was probably the biggest he he had been, you know. Uh, but I'll never forget there was that match against uh, JBL, yeah. where where it got bloody real quick, mm-hmm. and for a lot of those guys that were telling me like I don't believe in his title run, that match kind of in a weird way put him on the map for them and it was one of those like I call me an opportunist but that was that that was the match where it got people to open their eyes about Eddie Guerrero and they a lot of people had that holy shit moment and I'm sitting there like I fucking told you so this is what I'm talking about I'm sorry that it had to be an all out fucking you know blood match you know, and that's what sold you on right. him because he's so much more than this. But if this is what it takes to get you started, hey, I'm all for it. Right. You know. Yeah. Uh, for anybody that that looks at pro wrestling and says guys aren't believable because of their size, I, I'm still waiting for your wrestling cards to be something. <laughs> it's pro wrestling, man. It's pro wrestling. Like, get over yourself, Jesus. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, that right there, Eddie Guerrero, Tetsuya Naito, that is just one of many examples you're going to hear on the following contest. Again, that is a YouTube exclusive. More details uh, in the upcoming weeks as we get the ball rolling on that and the revival of the following contest. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, again, this is an interactive opportunity for everybody to voice their opinion. Send it in. And uh, at the end of the show, we'll, we're going to give you all the ways that you can contact us and give us uh, give us your fantasy matches, things that you want to see. Things, um, now, without further ado, is our main event. Our main event, uh, the finals of our King of Kings tournament, first annual, by the way. Um, remember, each round was randomized, so a round would take place. The winners would be randomized and face face off in the next round. We are down to 1987's Randy the Macho Man Savage taking on 1986's Harley Race in the finals. Goddamn. First and foremost, obviously, you know, no disrespect to the now late Harley Race, but uh, he he is in the twilight of his career at this point. Yeah. Um, and he is facing a white hot, like white, white hot, 
macho man. And unfortunately for me, that's what uh, I think that's that works against Harley Race, whether I like it or not. Um, how much I don't know, because again, as I stated previously or at the beginning of this episode, Harley Race is a legit tough guy. I'm not saying <laughs> Macho Man wasn't, but I would be interested. I would be interested to see and hear about any backstage shit that ever happened between Harley Race and, and, and Macho Man. That would be really fucking interesting to hear. <laughs> um, two madmen right there. <laughs> oh, yeah, neither one would want to back down, you know. And, you know, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Do you think Macho Man is the pistol-pulling type? Yeah. Yeah, you think so? In the right situation. <laughs> In the right situation. In the right situation, for sure. Because Harley races. Yeah. That's for damn sure. <laughs> uh, whether you're on the commode or not. <laughs> um, oh, man. I, I really am, above all else, I am really infatuated with the idea of someone like Macho Man in 1987. For me, that is that is what a pro wrestler should be all the time. Even today, um, I mean, you you've known me for how long now? One of my top matches of all time is him versus Steamboat at WrestleMania three. Mm-hmm. To me, that was the 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 match that stole the entire show. Yeah, fuck Hogan and Andre. Right, that was your attraction match. Yeah, it made evented, but. You want to talk pro wrestling? Steamboat versus Savage, 1987, Pontiac, Michigan. That's fucking professional wrestling. Um, I hate to say it, man. Sorry, Harley, but uh, I'm I'm picking Macho Man Savage as the winner in my book anyway. Harley's gonna shoot me now. <laughs> <laughs> For those that um, that's are familiar with the the grocery industry they would understand they'll understand this the saying what i'm about to say here and that's hogan and andre was was the pop macho and 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 steamboat that was the meat that was the meat that's what sold that's what you actually make money on you brought people at the door for for hogan and andre but the real the real fans the ones that stuck around for decades, they're there to see Steamboat and 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 and, and, and Savage. Because even today, you can bring people to the door for John Cena, but those fans, those half-hearted fans, the moment they get slightly bored, they walk away. Yeah. Because it took a lot for my partner here, guaranteed. I didn't know you back then, 1993. I was a little kid. Right. Uh, I guarantee you it took a lot for you to walk away from the industry. And and even then... Yeah, it did. Even then, it, it didn't take long for you to come back. That's a real wrestling fan. You know, again, we see all these fans, a lot of these fans now, they're all about the pop and circumstances, if you will. You know, no pun intended. <laughs> but, uh, you know, those those fans, those those half-hearted fans... They don't stick around when, when, when things get tough. Uh, so, yeah. Savage and Steamboat, that's that's your meat. That's what sells. 
That's what it continues to sell. That's one of the, that's one of the matches I watch. You know, I I talked about not watching wrestling for you know four to six months in, during 1993, and it was it was because of the WWF. Mm-hmm. They pissed me off. But I had other places to go watch wrestling. You know, I still had NWA. I still had world class. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, reruns and shit. And um, I mean, you, you got a guy that's well over seven <laughs> feet tall, and he's wearing a full body muscle suit with hair. <laughs> it's all airbrushed on. Yeah, but um, speaking of the WrestleMania three match. That was one of the matches I would continually go back while I was away from watching wrestling, watching the current product. And I would watch that. I had it on tape. Mm. I would watch WrestleMania 3 just for that fucking match. You know? I mean, don't get me wrong, I would let the, the tape play through and everything, but that was my favorite match off that card. I would love to sit there. I still love to sit there and watch that match. To this day. To this for day. Sure. That's that's what got me back to watching wrestling. It was missing the potential for matches like that, you know. I want to point out real quick: we, 1993 here, Lex Luger, uh, this whole tour that he did, and you see how much just by watching it on TV, how much or how little I should say, he does not want to interact with these people. Uh, if you listen to Bruce <laughs> Pritchard's podcast he talks in depth about that Lex Luger and what a fucking horrible experience that cross country tour was and how horrible Lex Luger was to the fans it is a really interesting episode (laughs) I don't remember what number or what the title is but (laughs) I am pretty sure if you look up Bruce Pritchard podcast Lex Luger 1993 you'll find it um hell of a listen and you know again so I'm I'm, I'm I, the vibe I got is, is legit then oh yeah He's, yeah he does uh, not well, want to I do was this. gonna say again you know <laughs> I know there's people out there who who don't necessarily buy stock in Bruce Pritchard like it or not he was there mm-hmm. um he's telling Very it he's, he's telling it from how he remembers it and his side of things Lex Luger, as far as I know, hasn't commented on it, but it's still interesting. You could take it with a grain of salt, sure, but listen to it; it's still really interesting. It wouldn't be the first time that I've heard a negative <laughs> Lex Luger story. So, um, I, I've even heard guys from, that known that known him pretty much have said that where Lex Luger is today is essentially karma. Yeah, so safe to say. Yeah, safe to say. Uh, but anyways, um, my pick, my pick on. On who's going to win, I, I agree with my partner here. It, it is Macho Man Randy Savage. Um, again, Harley Race is indeed in the twilight of his career. And going back to the Kurt Angle match, he, in my, in my, for for in my book, he almost lost that match. It was the green Kurt Angle. Yeah, that like, that was the, the difference. Yeah. yeah, that was the difference. And again, again, we're referring to a green Kurt Angle versus 1986. Harley Race. We're not referring. When I said 06 Krenango, I didn't necessarily mean Harley Race from earlier years. Right. I meant 86. Same thing, you know, but going back to where I'm at now, 87, we're at a, a, a Macho Man who is at the peak of his career. 
And I think that's been the reason why he has been able to surpass everybody. Is that this is Macho Man at his very best. And there's nobody that's bringing any more at the table than in this tournament than Macho Man has. And uh, it has been a pretty easy pick uh, to, to go Macho Man all four rounds. Because, again, he, he brought it. Out, out of everybody there, so many guys who won the King of the Ring tournament were at that point in their career where they were just ready to break that glass ceiling. Other guys were past it, like a William Regal or Harley Race in this, in, in this case. But then you have a guy like Macho Man who was not at his twilight, but well past being green in the early <laughs> stages of his career. He was the guy. And the only downside, the only downside to Macho Man Randy Savage in 87, 88, and 89 is that eventually he had to give the torch back, if you will, to a guy who couldn't lace up his fucking boots. Yeah, man. Yep. And and that's 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 the only, that's his only downfall. His only downfall is that he worked for the same company as a piece of shit like Hulk Hogan. <laughs> but other than that, there was nobody in the business. And if this if, if, if these guys existed today, today if, to, for today's perspective, and some people might say, well, that's not that's not really a bad thing. But Hulk Hogan, and even though we've talked about this, but in today's perspective. Hulk Hogan is today's John Cena. Macho Man is today's Kenny Omega. Yeah. That kind of work ethic. Oh, yeah. And there's a reason why a guy like Kenny Omega is super over without the WWE moniker because of the work ethic that Macho Man Randy Savage in 87 had. Yeah, absolutely. Ch- changed the game. He helped change the game. And, uh, and there you go. Macho Man Randy Savage from 1987 is your... King of Kings. Inaugural King of Kings. Wow. It's been fun. Yeah. It's been absolutely fun. We gotta do it more often. We got yeah, we gotta do we gotta come up with some more <laughs> tournaments. These are these are really fun. I, I wanna do a fantasy G one. You wanna do a fantasy G one? I would love to do a fantasy G one. That's something I've been chomping at the bit since uh fuck, since I started talking wrestling with you. It's just something we haven't got around to doing. But yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Sounds like a plan to me. <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it this week for us. Our 75th episode. Good God. How time flies. 75, man. Um, again, thank you again to Matt Burns for entertaining us in line while we wait to see the quote-unquote immortal Hulk Hogan. I didn't get to meet you, but, uh, you know, thanks. Yeah, it's cool cat. Cool cat. Sounds, sounds awesome, man. Um, happy birthday to my partner. Um, Thank you again so much. For 30, 30 by 30 more. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I need you around for a very long time. Yeah, that's the plan, right? We, uh, we're we going to close out the show. And uh, again, if, if you haven't been listening to us or you're new or you're a new subscriber, what have you, uh, please take the time, support us, uh, visit our sponsors, any, any little thing you can do. Listen to us on PodCoin, please. That uh, that has been working wonders for us, and we thank you for all the support. 20x20crew.com is our home on the web. You can find all of our past episodes and links to our YouTube-exclusive stuff there as well. Um, we are available on Facebook. Facebook.com slash 20x20crew is the official 
20 by 20 group page on Facebook. We also have a wrestling group on Facebook, facebook.com slash groups slash 20x20talk, where you can actually sit and talk with Matt and I about all things wrestling. We're available on Twitter. If you want to hate tweet us, twitter.com slash 20x20crew. <laughs> For the time being, you can email us at 20x20crew at gmail.com with your questions, comments, concerns, fantasy bookings, whatever. You want to you wanna send us nipple pics of uh, who you think has the smallest nipples? <laughs> we're, still, we're still looking for that. I still look. It's her fault. It's yeah. her fault. Thanks, Mel. Thanks, Mel. Um... <laughs> Yeah, send them. Send them there. You wanna you wanna talk about uh, stuff you're too afraid to talk to to us about in the Facebook group? Please email us. You know, do what you gotta do. Twenty x twenty crew at gmail dot com. Um, again, we fantasy book all the time. Uh, some of it is when you, when YouTube wants to cooperate, <laughs> it is up on YouTube. Twenty x twenty crew dot com slash podcast slash YouTube to access all of our YouTube stuff, including the following contest, which is all of our YouTube-exclusive content. Um, we try. We try like hell to get stuff up on YouTube. They just they just don't want to cooperate with us all the time. Uh, but we're trying. And, uh, oh, Instagram. Instagram.com slash 20x20crew. If you want to send us some pics there or tag us or what have you, please. We're always, uh, are you, if you attend the show and you, you yes, got, you please. know, you Instagram the hell out of your photos, please, please tag us. We'd love to see the photos. I want to see them. Absolutely. Uh, there's a, there's a, I'm not going to mention their name. I, I love these guys to death. They cover shows, indie shows all the time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, they're friends of the show and they, they took footage of this quote unquote amazing exchange. And it was at some indie show. I, I don't remember the show right offhand. Uh, I had one huge problem with what was going on in that ring. Don't get me wrong. It was it was a great exchange between two wrestlers. A lot of chain wrestling. They were slower than molasses in January. <laughs> you saw every move coming minutes before it was coming. And that's what made it took me out of the experience completely. Okay. Credit to you, the you, the guys who shot it. Um, I'm not taking anything away from you guys. Awesome camera work as usual. Mm-hmm. But to sit there and call it an awesome exchange, those two wrestlers in that ring—I don't even know who the fuck they were—they should have been on their A game and been a lot quicker with those chain moves. Do what you got to do, boys. Get that shit down <laughs> packed. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure there was little kids in the audience figuring out like, oh, that's coming next. That's mm-hmm. coming. You know, that's how bad it was. That's how. That's how slow it was. I, I got. I got to check it out. I know what you're talking about. I got to <laughs> check it out. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think that. I think that's it. Uh, yeah, I, I, just real quick here, guys. Again, um, I'm gonna wrap up the show. Wrap it up. And uh, I just, I just want to say again, support professional wrestling. I cannot stress that enough. Support it. I, I don't want to see. I, Shots, long live Defiant Wrestling. Thank you so much for years of, of, of just great wrestling. UK indie wrestling. Again, that's Defiant Wrestling. I say it kind of fast. Um, <laughs> I don't want to see anybody else close their doors. Support professional wrestling. Go to shows. 
watch it. I mean, you don't you, again. You don't even have to have cable anymore. You just, just stream it. Yeah, it's all over the. It's all course. over the place. There's no excuse to, to not watch it. Uh, if you are calling yourself a fan, of course. Uh, and and then uh, thanks again, my partner. Again, thanks again for the birthday wishes. Seventy five episodes. I can't thank you guys enough. So until next week, I've been Matt. He's been Joe. You guys have been fantastic. And uh, we'll see you for episode 76 next week. 76. And we'll see you in the ring. See you in the ring.